Today we are going to be talking about the playability in your deck of cards that reduce the cost of casting spells. So first of all, I am going to be teaching you how to analyze these cards and figure out exactly how much mana they are going to be saving. Uh, so let's get into, into that. So basically, the category of cards that we are talking about are cards that will take a specific type of spell uh, that fits within some sort of parameter. Maybe it's instants or sorceries, maybe it's artifacts, things like that. And they will make it so that those spells you cast cost, usually it's one generic mana, but it can be something else, uh, cost that much less to cast. Uh, I will leave a link in the description to a Scryfall search that has um, basically, I mean, I can't say for sure that it has all cards that do this, but it has the vast majority of cards that do this and a very limited number of cards that shouldn't be here. Uh, looking at this, I see, I see, so far I've seen one card that shouldn't be here, two now, but you get the point. Uh, this is a pretty good search that will get almost all cards that fit within this category and won't, and won't put too many cards that are not within this category. Alright, so, the idea of this is to make it so things are cheaper. In theory, this is a better ramp card because it can reduce multiple cards per turn. But is that true in reality? So as a baseline for these, I'm going to be saying it has to give you on average more than one mana per turn. Uh, I don't have a model deck and you're going to have to do this for your own deck, but that's going to be the baseline because for most of these, uh, it depends on the CMC, but for most of these, that's the value you're going to want to get. And you might be okay if it is the same, and you can adjust that baseline if you want. So, first of all, what you're going to do is you're going to look at the criteria. What, what matches? So, we are going to use Ethereum Sculptor. One in a blue for one, two. Artifact spells you cost, cost... Sorry. Artifact spells you cast cost one less to cast. That is one generic mana. So, what you are going to do is you are going to get your artifact spells that have one generic mana in their mana cost. So, keep in mind if you are on a deck building website that categorizes things, uh, certain categories like creatures or something might override artifacts. So you do have to keep, take note of that and look through those categories. I'm pretty sure there are ways to change that optimization, but I don't know them. So, you know. So you are going to count them out and put them out in each CMC. So I'm going to say you have one. So at CMC one, you're not really going to have very many, maybe like two, you know, just, well, we'll put three or something. At CMC2, at CMC3, you know, just keep on going through. And I'm just going to put in random numbers uh, that I think are relatively accurate. Uh, depending on your deck, you can go up super high or you can just stop at 7. It totally depends on how much calculation you want to do. It'll make it slightly simpler if you have less numbers. But I would never reduce below 6. So if you want to get rid of 7, that's fine. 
But don't get rid of six. I think that's just excessive. Unless you only have one card that's CMC six or higher. And of course, you do have to keep on taking notes of the things CMC seven or higher. So you would just do that seven plus. So you would just take note of things CMC seven or higher. So seven plus would be CMC seven, CMC eight, CMC nine. Add them all together, put them in seven plus. Uh, if you have a lot, I wouldn't recommend simplifying it too much, but it just depends. So go through each CMC, put down the amount of cards you have. So I'm just putting down some random numbers. Who knows if these are accurate? And it totally depends on the person and the deck. But this is just what I'm going to go with. So if you're watching the video version, you can see which numbers I'm putting down. You know, what? I'll read them off. I'll read them off real quick. So CMC1, I have 3. CMC2, I have 4. CMC3, I have 6. CMC4, I have 4. CMC5, I have 3. CMC6, I have 2. And CMC7 or more, I also have 2. So now we have this, right? We have gathered the data that we want to find. So now we have the card, Ethereum Sculptor. So you're going to look at the CMC of the card and the mana reduction. So for these, it depends, but as my baseline, right? What you're going to do is you're going to you know, take a step back. So you have that data now. You're going to open a hypergeometric distribution calculator. There's one in the description. Uh, you, could, you could find another one if you want. Um, just if you want, you can use uh, one of the Magic the Gathering design intended uh, hypergeometric distribution calculators, but I wouldn't recommend it because you don't get as much visibility of the different statistics and you don't get quite as much control. It is more user-friendly, but I would recommend you just use the one in the description. That's what I use, um, but really it's up to you. Population size will always be 99, right? So we're just going to fill these in. Number of successes in population. So here's where we get into where you have to make decisions. You have your card, right? What is your point of satisfaction? For me, that is okay. Uh, for Ethereum Sculptor, I want to be able to reduce a spell uh, on average once per turn. I changed my mind. I don't want it to be more than once per turn. Maybe if I'm lucky, I might get more than once per turn. But I want to consistently be able to get that one mana value every turn. And keep in mind, that's really good value. For mana rocks, you're not going to use all of your mana every turn. So that's not really a, not necessarily a realistic expectation. And for this, you're not necessarily getting that value either. Because if you're not using all of your mana, you didn't actually gain any value from this. So it's really hard to say with these types of things, hard to calculate exactly how much you're going to use. And there's not really any way to reliably calculate that. So we are just going to assume that if it reduces mana cost, you get that value, which is horribly inefficient and horribly ineffective. But we are really comparing this to other cards. We are comparing this to mana rocks. This is, that's the alternative. And those have the same issue. So if mana rocks are playable, then this is playable. So yes, you're not necessarily getting that much value. And if you get two turns of value, you're not necessarily getting your mana back. But 
in comparison with your other options, this is accurate enough. All right, so you're going to go. Okay, so now we're going to get into the calculator. So you want what we're going to assume one per turn. I will talk about how you can do it other ways. So you're going to go through each turn. So for this, we're going to start with turn three, right? Turn three, our sample size is going to be 10 because that is seven plus the turn that it is. And our number of successes in sample, we just want more, right? And then our number of successes in population. So it is turn three. Because of the mana reduction, we can count cards CMC4, CMC3, CMC2, and CMC1. Now, if we want to get more complicated and factor in uh, the whole mana reduction value thing, we can change how we, how we uh, do CMC3. Because if we cast something with CMC3, we would not actually be getting any mana value off of it. But because we could also be casting something with CMC2, that just gets a little bit inconsistent and difficult to track. So you can alter these things in ways to account for whether or not you're actually getting that value. But I think you can, as I said before, I think it's worth your time. It's not really worth your time to try and do that because it's not really, there's not a great way to track it. And you're mostly just affecting the data in a negative way. I wish I could more accurately track this, but I think it is still a very accurate judging. All right, so you can alter these the way it is, but for baseline, right? You're going to assume that you could cast a CMC1 spell on turn 1, so you can't really factor that in. But for CMC2, 3, and 4, you can count those. So that is a total of 14 cards for this deck. That's probably a lot, but... We're going to start with that, right? And we can calculate. So this gives us an 80% chance, and we're feeling confident on turn three. But turn four is where it gets worse. So on turn four, it gets a little bit more difficult, right? So we can count the three uh, CMC5 cards, right? So we have 11 cards in the sample size, of course. Number of successes in sample, right? We can only count three because we were already able to cast the CMC four, three, two, and one cards. So we can only count the CMC five cards. And if we calculate that out, we only have a 30% chance. And this seems terrible, but there's a, it, it's better. It's really better than that for multiple reasons. One, there's more calculations we're going to do. And two, you're not guaranteed to cast those. It's just difficult to make a case that you should be calculating those in. So again, these things are really difficult to calculate. And I think this is probably the least accurate and most inconsistent uh, calculation for analyzing that I've had so far. But if you put it, if you put, put it through the process and you figure out exactly whether it's up or down, a little bit higher, a little bit lower here and there, then you should be able to get at least a general idea. And it's going to be a better idea than you had before. Now, it's not going to be as perfect as the ones in the past, but, you know, that's just the nature of how it is. All right. So, you can only count those three, right? So, that gives you a 30% chance. 
But what you can also do is for one of the cards you drew, right? For that turn, you can count all of these cards. You can count CMC4, CMC3, CMC2, and CMC1 if you drew them that turn. So that gives you 17 cards that you could have drawn. And that gives you a 17% chance, which still is not great. So the way that you would add this on, right, is you take a calculator, right, you would take, you would get, you would get that 0.3, right? So you would end up with 0.7 left. Then you can multiply that by 0.17, because that's a 17% chance. And you can add an 11 per, uh, 12% chance. So if you add that to the 30% chance, you end up, okay, I'm, I messed that up. But if you add that to the 30% chance, you end up with a 42% chance, which isn't great. And there's a lot of different ways we can improve this. Uh, if we're drawing more, if we're doing a lot of different things. But it can be very difficult to consistently get value off of these. And even if we are getting quote-unquote value off of these, is it really giving us a benefit? I mean, I don't think that's necessarily relevant because of the competition, but I just think you should put put it through, you know? And if you don't want to do this certain process, which I understand for this episode, honestly, uh, I don't necessarily know if you should be trusting this. I don't think for this specific episode, you should trust my evaluation. I think you should just do it, you know, take a look at what I'm finding and say, okay, it's close. It's not there. It is close to this. And it's a little bit higher because, you know, we don't know necessarily if we're going to be casting things. But it's a little bit better than it looks. But I think these are overplayed. I don't think you're necessarily going to consistently be able to get good value off of these. And maybe you can, but put it through this process and play it. I, don't, I think if you want, you could perform a study by playing it. And I think once this channel grows, I do intend on doing that type of study. Uh, I will probably do a crowdsourced study on specific cards or specific categories of cards. We will see. But obviously, I'm not big enough right now. So we will see. But I just think generally it's not worth it. And maybe it is. So run it through the process, play it a lot. Do not trust your studies, do not trust your findings unless you've played this specific card at least 20 times. Obviously, that's an incredibly, incredibly low number. But in reality, that's an incredibly difficult number to achieve. I mean, you have one card, right? You have one success in your population. And your sample size is probably about you know, 20 cards per game. So every single game you play, you have roughly a 20% chance. So that means that I'm talking about 100 games with that specific deck. That is an incredibly difficult mark to reach. And we're still talking about an incredibly, incredibly inaccurate study. So I don't love that specific type of thing. And maybe the solution to this is there isn't really any way to know. But I think you just have to reconsider these cards. Are they 
really worth it in your deck. Thank you for listening, and I will see you next time.